is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go. All right, it's Friday. I'm in a good mood. I'm fired up for the weekend. I'm fired up for wide receivers part two. Going to watch a lot of preseason football. We had three games last night. We're going to talk about that. Mostly the wide receiver takeaways. Heath posted a Twitter poll. Who's going to score more fantasy points, Allen Robinson or Devontae Parker? And it's neck and neck right now. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I am better than Blake Bortles at everything, including throwing footballs. Wow. <laughs> Come on now. You're, there's no way. There's no way you're No, better. I think you're probably right about yeah. that. I'm probably not. Dave, Jamie, good morning. How you guys doing? I wish we had the capacity to send Heath to Jacksonville and compete for the job with Blake Bortles. That would be fun. What if he, what if he isn't so bad and so far off from Blake Bortles? He is. I mean, I've, I've never I'm seen him guess throw football in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna guess he is. Just, just a hunch. Okay, okay. Give me your your okay, quick probably. wide receiver reaction: Devontae Parker or Allen Robinson? I'm gonna stick with Robinson, but that was scary. And he's fed up, and I'm afraid he's gonna pull a Vincent Jackson, where it's just like every time the ball is thrown, because then he had a bad drop too. And mm-hmm. it's like he starts thinking the ball's never actually coming his direction, and so he's running half-assed routes and. I'm worried. I've, I don't know if he's going to run half-ass routes. He looked pretty good running routes uh, in the preseason game. Well, yeah, but it's going to wear on him. I don't know if he's going to have Blake Bortles to catch passes from much longer. Yeah, could be Henny. Could definitely be Henny. And if that happens, listen to this stat. The last time Chad Henny was a starter, he played 15 games in 2013. 15 games. He threw for 3,241 yards. That's pathetic. Cecil Shorts led the team with 777 receiving yards. Mercedes Lewis led the team with four touchdown catches. Granted, they have better players this time around, but uh, it wouldn't be good, and we will get to that. Hey, uh, who's got a better chance to be a top 10 wide receiver this year? Tyreek Hill or Martavis Bryant? And this is the group of wide receivers we're going to focus on today. Everything from, I'd say, Crabtree and down. Uh, who's got a better chance to be top 10 this year? Tyreek Hill or Martavis Bryant? I'll take Martavis. I'll take Hill. That's a really good question, Adam. They're very similar. It's one of the best questions you've ever asked on this podcast. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, I'll lean toward the better quarterback. That's, that helps. That helps. I mean, Hill's obviously got the opportunity to have 120 targets much easier than Bryant. Help me with my memory. Did Martavis ever finish in the top 15? Well, no, because he didn't play enough games. Well, obviously not last year. But on but pace, yes. I, I can give game? you the, yeah. the okay. on pace numbers. And do we know, again, help me with my memory, has there ever been a time where Roethlisberger has had two wide receivers finish in the top 12? Uh, I don't know. But right, let me tell you what Martavis Bryant would have been on pace for in 2015. He would have been the number 12 wide receiver in standard, number 15 in PPR, in 2014, he would have been number 13 in standard, all the way down to number 24 in PPR, but that was as a rookie. Caught 26 passes in 10 games, scored a lot of touchdowns. Here, I am having trouble 
finding a reason not to like Martavis Bryant, but I do think you have to step back and say, look, he missed the full year. He's still not even clear to play in regular season games yet. I mean, we expect yeah, that to happen. Yeah, but that's a technicality. Uh, I, I don't know. Le'Veon Bell caught a ton of passes last year, and that actually affected Antonio Brown. I mean, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, two of his three highest receiving yards games came without Le'Veon Bell at the beginning of the season. But but there are just so many things to like about Martavis Bryant. I'm wondering if it's too good to be true. You know, it almost feels like it almost feels like a trap because people everybody likes him. Everybody's so high on him and they're taking him, I don't know, end of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth round in a twelve team league, fiftieth overall or so. See, I don't think he can be a trap there. If you start expecting like high end number two wide receiver production and he starts moving into the third round ahead of Alshon Jeffrey or ahead of Allen Robinson, then I think it's a trap. Right now, his value is fine. Okay. But he's a lot of fun. He is. he is. Both of these guys are a lot of fun. And I think that's part of the reason why they're getting picked where they're getting picked is because they've got some major upside to them. I, I, I know it's crazy to think that Alex Smith could have a wide receiver finish in the top 10, but Tyreek Hill can at least do some things off carries. And maybe Alex Smith isn't the quarterback in Kansas City for the whole season. Maybe we see... Uh, Heath's Holmes, Mahomes. That's a bad year in Kansas City, though. It could be, but it could mean a lot of passing. And I think Tyreek Hill is not anything like Dante Hall or Devin Hester or any of these other special teams no, guys. But Alex, receiver. Alex Smith is still Alex Smith, and we are still only two full seasons removed from him not throwing a touchdown to a wide receiver. He didn't have a wide receiver like this. Not uh, this no, he did not have a wide receiver like this, but he still was 18 touchdowns that season, which is kind of the neighborhood that he lives in. I mean, look, he's he's got us all this talk about him throwing the ball downfield more. And the first preseason game, yes, he threw a 32-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. There's a lot to like about Tyreek Hill. Not in the fourth round. He is going too soon. Is that what his ADP based is? On his ADP. I don't think I'm taking Tyreek Hill. The, in the fourth like round the either. last pick of the fourth, right? Yes. Do you? What do you think about these guys in round five? Uh, I would take Brian in round five. I would not take Tyreek Hill before round six. I think there's more bust potential for Tyreek Hill than there is for Martavis Bryant. Yeah, I mean, probably, just, just given the offense. And, and the thing about Bryant is his average draft position on CBS is, is much lower than what I said. It's 75th overall. His average draft position on Fantasy Pros is 63rd overall. So, 50th overall is sort of where I've been noticing him going. Like around then, people start considering him in, in our drafts. But maybe in your drafts, you can get Martavis Bryant in round six, and that would be wonderful. Um, do you think there are any other mid-round picks who could break into the top two or three rounds next year. I think we could I think it's realistic to expect that from well it's to to hope for that from Martavis Bryant. Do you see any other players going around that time that has that same type of upside? Um the answer could be no. That's perfectly acceptable. I think the answer is no. Things things would have to fall right for guys like Jamison Crowder, Jarvis Landry. Oh, Crowder could easily be in that range. Fitzgerald, top ten. The same as those. Well, if if you're asking me that, if you're saying that Hill and Bryant, yes, Jamison Crowder could. I mean, the guy scored seven touchdowns last year. That's I think he's one safer more, than those. I've got him ranked ahead of both. That's of them. that's one more receiving touchdown than Tyree Kill had. So if you're counting on Tyree Kill to rush for nearly 300 yards and and three touchdowns again, go ahead. Yeah, give Jamison Crowder 120 targets based on his production last year. 120 targets, not much. He would have been the number 11 wide receiver in standard, number 14 in PPR. Let me throw out a name. What do you think? Calvin Benjamin. Any chance? Yes. I mean, anytime you have a guy that's going to score, has a chance to score 10-plus touchdowns, which he's already proven he could do once. 
there's an opportunity for him. Does he have a chance at 120 targets? Probably not, but he doesn't necessarily need that. I mean, DeMonte Adams didn't have 120 targets, and he was a top-10 wide receiver. He also had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Sure, and, but he's and, also not and, the and same. And was on a team that was absolutely not run-centric whatsoever. Totally agree. But there's still, whenever you're talking 10-plus touchdowns for a guy, would it be a, such a huge surprise if Calvin Benjamin scored 12 touchdowns? Yes. Yes, I would be. I would, really? I would How many touchdowns? be shocked. 12. 12. Yeah, that seems a little high. It's definitely high, but, but would it be that shocking to you? Yes, it would shock the pants I off think me, it's it would more likely. Oh, I hope he goes at 11. Then. I think it's more likely that Golden Tate is a top 10 wide receiver in PPR than Kelvin Benjamin is in either format. Oh, Tate is very undervalued. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, take its yards, not touchdowns. PPR Benjamin monster. Gets touchdowns, not yards. Uh, here's my next question: Are Jarvis Landry and Golden Tate the same person? They were before I, the Tannehill injury. You mean? I think that's that's kind of unfair because Golden Tate is older and an inch shorter, and he's also had three seasons in a row where he averaged more than 13.4 yards per reception. He's had two seasons where he scored six or seven touchdowns. So, um, so who do you like better, Golden Tate, Tate or Landry? For sure. Did you like Landry better before the Tannehill injury? Yes. I believe I still had Tate. I I had them in the same neighborhood, but Landry was right behind him. All right. Yes. Who's your favorite? Part one. This is a three-parter. Who's your favorite? Part one. Jamison Crowder, Golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald. I have Tate ranked the highest. Uh, Standard. And I think PPR too. Tate, Crowder, Fitzgerald. Tate is my favorite. Okay. Golden Tate. We feel yeah. great about Tate. <laughs> there, there it is. Three straight years with 90 catches for Tate. Uh, just doesn't score touchdowns. Better in PPR, but really solid number two wide receiver in PPR and, and very good chance he's a solid number two receiver in standard. Uh, based on last year, he was 18th in standard and 16th in PPR. And that was with 14 combined fantasy points. In his first five games, and then he got going. <clears throat> All right, part two. Who's your favorite? Willie Sneed, Dante Moncrief, Stefan Diggs. Diggs. I feel the need. The need for Jamie's nephew. <laughs> Willie Sneed over Moncrief and Diggs and, and Jamie? I mean. Yeah. Okay, Willie You Sneed. know how much I don't like Diggs. I do. I have him right ahead of Dante Moncrief. That's how much I don't like Moncrief. I, I can't wow. trust Moncrief anymore no. with the shoulder injury, Lux shoulder injury, and Ryan Kelly's injury. I mean, it's hard to like really any of the Colts right now. Pagano was kind of hinting that Moncrief might be sitting out with an injury that he thinks he could play through. Is there a chance the Colts could be worse than Jacksonville this year? Is Andrew Luck, Luck doesn't play? play, yeah. If Andrew Luck doesn't play at all, I, they might be worse than the Jets. Okay, next, last one. Your favorite part three. Brandon Marshall, Deshaun Jackson, or Devontae Parker? Brandon Marshall, Deshaun Jackson, Devontae Parker. I'm going Jackson still, but I'm tempted to move Parker ahead. Aren't you? Because of the potential now, right? I There are people listening, and there are people out there in the fantasy universe who believe that Brandon Marshall is just going to go right back up to being a 1,000 yards and 9, 10 touchdowns. And I think he'll fall 20% short of those numbers. I think if you're looking for 807, I think he can get you that. And the question is, can Park, Parker's upside is clearly higher than Marshall's, but his floor is also just, 
it's it's bad. It's seven hundred yards and three touchdowns. So I think Marshall's safer. I've got him ranked the highest. Marshall highest? I have Marshall the highest based on safety, but none of them are in my top thirty. None of them in my thir- top thirty. Pete, Jackson's what was your the highest thirty two. Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, Jamie, Marshall Jackson, Devontae Parker. I'll I'll take Parker. I'll always buy into upside. I'm I'm looking at the guy who has the highest ceiling and right now that's Devontae Parker. Okay. Awesome. Hey, here's here's another thing that's totally awesome. By the way, uh, I know I haven't read emails this week. Once we get the position previews out of the way, believe me, I'll be reading more emails. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. That is also the email address that you should be sending your notes to, your emails to, if you want in the podcast league. Now, I keep forgetting the date. Monday, August 28th? Yes, sir. Monday, August 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Is that okay with you guys? No, it'll be later. 9 p.m. Eastern? Sure. That sounds better. Okay, Monday, August 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you cannot make that time, please do not apply to be in the podcast league. We will do a 14-team PPR league, two receivers, two running backs, tight end, flex, only one quarterback. It will be a fab league. There will be a kicker. If Heath and I want to start a rejects league, we'll talk about that. Maybe we will. Maybe I'll do it without Heath. But I'd like to share a team with Heath because that was fun. Um, Monday, August 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Email fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and put podcast league in the subject line. Podcast league. And write a haiku. That was fun two years ago. Let's do it again. I enjoyed them. So here's how a haiku works. It's five syllables. Then the next line is seven syllables. Then the next line is five syllables. I took some time during the beginning of the show to write three haikus. One for Dave, one for Jamie, one for Heath. Here are some examples. Oh, Dave Richard... Wait, no, that's only four. Oh, David Richard, you're eating all that pizza. May I please have some? Okay, that's Dave's. Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie Eisenberg. You have a great family. Uncle Willie Sneed. (laughs) Yeah, that's Jamie's. And hey, Heath Cummings, you're better than Blake Bortles? Time to eat some crow. Okay, so those are some bad haikus. I did them on the spot. Give me a break. Hey, that was Heath, great for on the hey, spot. Hey, Heath Cummings. Was the oh, first damn. Hey, yo, though. Heath Cummings. <laughs> okay. That, those were not haikus. I and did if it. If anything like that, you will not be in the league. I did it like uh, while we're on the air. I'm writing haikus down, okay? like You were not writing haikus. I was writing well, I was trying. You go. You try one. All right, so that's uh, August 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Write us a haiku, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Let's go through the news and notes quickly here so we can dominate uh, <coughs> wide receivers. Le'Veon Bell will report by week one according to ESPN, but we don't know when. So uh, you guys are going to be moving him to number two at running back. He's already there for Heath and Jamie. Dave is going to move Bell to number two. Is there a chance he's going to fall even farther? Would you start taking wide receivers over Le'Veon Bell? I I don't know if I can do that yet. If we get to preseason week four, probably. All right. Well, he would. He wouldn't play in preseason. Not week play four anyway with the team. Not play. Okay. Uh, Rams defensive lineman Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players in football, if not the best. His holdout may last into the regular season, according to ESPN. Thanks for drafting me, the Rams DST, when I left that draft earlier last week. Uh, Seattle running back Thomas Rawls is not going to play due to a minor ankle injury, so Eddie Lacy will have a chance to impress people this weekend. This is uh, Indianapolis center Ryan Kelly. He's likely going to be placed on IR, designated to return after foot surgery. That would mean 
Kelly is going to miss at least eight weeks, the center for the Colts, and could be the whole season. So that's bad. Jets running back Matt Forte, he won't play this week due to a hamstring injury. Preseason takeaways from yesterday. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because we will cover it on Monday's show. That will be our preseason recap show, preseason week two. But obviously, Jacksonville's a mess. I gave you that stat about how bad Chad Henney was when he started in 2013 and threw for 3,241 yards in 15 games. Baltimore's quarterback situation is interesting because one of the most, sorry to use the word again, one of the most interesting stats that I had from yesterday doing my wide receiver research was this. Can Jeremy Macklin be a number one receiver, or could Mike Wallace, if that's your preference? Well, based on Steve Smith, no, it can't be a number one. Probably not. But number two, I think it's very realistic. Steve Smith in 2014 with Baltimore was the number 18 wide receiver in standard, number 17 in PPR. And then in 2015, he was actually on pace to be a top 10 wide receiver, but Smith only played seven games. So I like Macklin. I mean, that that may be very encouraged. However— we're not going to see Flacco in the preseason. He's nope. still out. Josh Woodrum having a very good preseason might Josh Woodrum be their backup. Oh, but Ryan! It Mallett shouldn't looked, be Ryan Mallett. Looked awful. awful. I was at the game last night. Looked awful. Yeah. Oh, I already finished my haiku. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Hey, Adam Azer, would you like to see my nips? I will hold your cat. <laughs> okay, that's that's uh, that's weird. Why would why would you hold my cat? Well, that's I don't like it. Um. Thank you, though. Tyrod Taylor, uh, he's he's been terrible. Uh, I'm assuming we after the Watkins trade, we have no interest in Taylor being our starter, right? Correct, Amundo. Right. Jameis Winston, he's been on fire. Now the the Jags are playing without their top two corners, two good players, AJ Boye. Three corners. Boye three corners. And, oh, three. Top three corners are out. All right, so Winston's having a big preseason: thirty for forty-two with two hundred ninety-five yards in two games. Evans is yeah. Been hot. I, I just wanted to, I thought his offensive line looked great blocking for him. Yeah. And all Winston's bad throws are on him, not the line. Yeah, the, the decision in the red zone where he tried to throw an interception, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they called him down. <laughs> um, that's so good. That was bad. Actually, that's Dirk so Cutter said he's played, he played great except for that play. Elite quarterbacks don't make that play. He's hard on him. But we got Well, he's tired of him throwing yeah. the ball to the other team. Yeah, he's got to cut down on the mistakes. But Winston's off to a good start. So, again, we'll get to all this next week. Uh Jay Cutler said Devontae Parker is, quote, a faster Alshon. Miami backup quarterback David Fales has a terrible last name. Zay Jones had three catches for 42 yards on six targets. We'll probably get to him today. LeGarrette Blunt had a terrible game, but he did catch two passes. You want an IDP sleeper? I don't know if he's really a sleeper, but first-round pick Derek Barnett of the Eagles. Three sacks so far. In the preseason, yeah. and, <clears throat> and Leonard Fournette was out, Marquise Lee was out, and T.J. Yeldon left with a hamstring injury. Adam, yes, sir. More surprising, Calvin ben- Calvin Benjamin catches twelve touchdowns, or Legarrette Blunt doesn't play a single snap for the Eagles this year and gets cut before the start of the season. Uh, Benjamin twelve touchdowns. What do you think? I, I don't think he fits. Uh, you, Blunt, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calvin fits now because, you know, he lost weight. He fits into, you know, his jeans, whatever. That'd be else. a huge surprise if they cut LeGarrette Blount. I don't, I don't think he's a good fit at all. Hmm. Interesting. Well, he's going pretty late. He's really not a good fit at his average draft position. What's his ADP? The 25th running back off the board. Oh, he's not going that late. <laughs> See, Do you I'm know having... anybody who's behind him? Like off the top of your head? There are many. There are many. <laughs> no, no, I know, but like, do you know off the top of your head who's behind him? Adrian Peterson, Paul Perkins, Bilal Powell. 
Abdullah. A- Amir Abdullah, Doug Martin, all behind the Garrett Blunt. <laughs> I may have said that the wrong way. <laughs> I-, I missed it, thank goodness. Let's uh let's do some wide receiver ADP. We talked about some of our favorites in this range, but uh yesterday we discussed DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, Keenan Allen going in like rounds three and four. DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, and Keenan Allen. We said it's way too early for Edelman. I want to pick up our wide receiver talk with, with the Patriots here, and I want to talk about what happened in 2014. In 2014, Rob Gronkowski played 15 games. He was the number one tight end in fantasy, 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. Big year. Julian Edelman, uh, he was the number 26 wide receiver in standard, number 18 in PPR, 972 yards on 92 catches, four touchdowns. And Brandon LaFell was the number 21 wide receiver in both standard and PPR. So basically we had Gronkowski as the elite tight end, and then two number two receivers, Edelman and LaFell. Uh, they did not rank higher than 18th in either format. Tom Brady, though, he was the number six quarterback and only threw for 4,100 yards, 33 touchdowns. Good year, but certainly we're expecting more. So I know we covered it at the end of yesterday's show, but let's let's pick it up from there. Brandon Cooks versus Julian Edelman. Brandon Cooks and Julian Edelman going in round four. What are your thoughts? One thing I want to say real quick about that 2014 season that was weird. The last two years, the Patriots have thrown the ball to their running backs 323 times. That year, they gave them 93 pass attempts. So you'd have for for that type of success from two wide receivers and a tight end, you'd have to see a real drop in the number of pass attempts to running backs. The other thing I would say is if Brandon Cooks finishes as a low-end number two and Julian Edelman as a high-end number three, then they're both disappointments where they're being drafted. Yeah, but but I guess my point was I'm expecting at least 700 more yards from Tom Brady and, and hopefully more than 33 touchdowns. And I don't think any of us expect Gronkowski to play 15 games. And and when that happens, and that's something we we probably should bake in because Julian Edelman, for example, we talked about this a lot. 7.6 game, 7.6 targets per game with Gronkowski. Um, 12, 11.6 targets per game. Four more per game without Rob Gronkowski. And he was on pace for 113 catches without Gronk. So like, if he gets injured, those guys are obviously going to look a lot better than how you feel about them now, right? Sure, but I'm not using a third-round pick on a wide receiver hoping somebody else gets injured so he's good. Fourth round. Are either of these guys okay in the fourth round in a 12-team league, like around 40th overall? I'm fine with it for Cooks. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I'm actually – I, I, based on our conversation yesterday, Dave said something that made me think, and then somebody else tweeted me something about Brandon Cooks that also made me think. So what you said yesterday about Cooks with the receivers in this range – I don't think week to week, I'll, I'll say what I said yesterday about between him and Baldwin. I don't think the week to week consistency is going to be very good for Brandon Cooks, but the end of the year numbers will probably look better. So I moved him up inside my top 20. And the other thing is look at all the other receivers right, that the are guys in around this neighborhood. They're all inconsistent. Right, 100% right about that. And guess yeah. who was very inconsistent last year? I'm sorry. He was very consistent, but in the wrong way was Julian Edelman. He only had three games with double digits and fantasy points. They all came in the second half. It all came when Gronk got hurt. Yeah, it all came. Right. Uh, At the beginning but, but, of the year, he was all of, catches. In terms of Cooks, we talk about his numbers away from New Orleans. Is that just a byproduct of Breeze? Maybe. Like, 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 is that part of, like, I, Breeze's numbers are not horrific. Right. Outdoors. But they're, they're lower. Mm-hmm. Right. But not. No, the difference is not near as great as what Cook's difference is. 
but is it because the quarterback is not as good? I in that scenario, it's just something to think about. Right. So I I have long thought that the indoor outdoor thing is overblown, but the it's, it's, surface it's totally overblown. But yeah. the surf, I mean, but some players like Brandon Cook said this year that he had to learn to play under the sun again. Like he for he forgot to take sure. that into consideration when he was playing in New Orleans. There's a quote about it. But I, I think surface means a lot more. And that turf versus grass, I think it's a real deal thing. And obviously when you look at Brandon Cook's numbers, when you compare his numbers on turf versus indoor outdoor or indoor rather, they're pretty close. Because a lot of them are the same game. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that New England plays their home games on turf. They've got 11 games on turf over the course of the season. And Brandon Cooks, for whatever this is worth, in college, played his games outdoors on turf. And most most of the guys, games, I mean, that that have struggled going from – like T.Y. Hilton played his games outdoors in college. And then he had that hard time when he first got in the NFL when he would play outdoors mm-hmm. struggling. I think it's just a, a – the, the, the quote from Cooks, had to learn to play under the sun. Because it's, it's a difference yeah. for these guys. So, yeah. Alright, so Jamie's Cooks in the got, fourth round is fine. Jamie's got Cooks 18th in PPR, 16th in standard. Dave has Cooks 16th in PPR, 14th in standard. Heath has Cooks 27th in both formats. So there is a big difference here. Heath, you can sit this quick little game out, because I know your answer is always going to be the other guy, but Dave and Jamie, Cooks or Demarius Thomas? Thomas. Thomas. Cooks or Alshon Jeffrey? Cooks. Uh, actually, I have Cooks ahead of Thomas and Jeffrey. Now that I'm I'm looking at my rankings, so I'm going to change my first answer and say Cooks. Okay. Uh, I, think I don't think you Jane have. Will I this, think you so have think Demarius ahead of Cooks in PPR, though. That you do. You do. Cooks ahead of standard. Yeah. I do. All right. So we like Cooks in the fourth round. He's no. I mean, the end of the fourth's fine. We don't like Edelman here. Keenan, Keenan Allen or Brandon Cooks, guys? Allen. Allen. Cooks for me. Alright, now we're getting to Terrell Pryor and Demarius Thomas, who we talked about yesterday, is going way too late in CBS Sports Leagues. Um, and these are good, I mean, when are you comfortable taking Terrell Pryor? Third round. Mm-hmm. Third round. Mm-hmm. Alright, so th- that's just weird. I mean, Terrell Pryor, Demarius Thomas, Devontae Adams. These are three players who are gonna be going earlier than should be going earlier than the ADP that we're seeing on, on CBS Sports, which is like fourth, early to late fourth round for those three. Terrell Pryor, Demarius Thomas, and Devontae Adams. So other players that you could be looking at in this round four to five range in, in 12 team leagues, Jarvis Landry, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, he's, he's on the rise. Well, he's actually down two spots now, but Kelvin Benjamin at 51st overall is much higher than I thought. Michael Crabtree, and again, Alshon Jeffrey, I think you're probably going to be looking at closer to like end of the third round. Is that fit? Like, is Alshon Jeffrey in the Demarius Thomas, Terrell Pryor range? Not for me. No, he's in the Devonte Adams, Michael Crabtree range for me. Devonte Adams is in that range. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking Devonte Parker. My bad. Okay, so so you're so we we want to take Alshon Jeffrey more in round four. Oh yeah, if you can get him at the end of round three, I'm okay with it. But I would I would prefer round four or later. Round four would be better. You're taking him in late round three if you've you, you've got two non-receivers already on your team. I was reading a recap of uh, Eagles training camp, and they used the quote you said. You can't 
what was it? Can't make the club in the tub. Can't make the club in the tub. And they were just assigning categories to players. And Jeffrey was the player that they used with that. Thought that he's not making the team. But, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that ship sailed. He's he, making the team. He's but, so uh, good though, and he's healthy. He's so good, and and they desperately need him. Their targets leader from last year, Jordan Matthews, was traded to the Bills. Their re- leader, leading receiver last year was Zach Ertz. Uh, I think their third leading receiver was Darren Sproles. So he's he's jumping into a great situation. And if Alshon's healthy, is that or is there any doubt that if Alshon's healthy, he's going to perform well? It's just the health that's concerning you. That's all that concerns me. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's, his health has been an issue the last two years. Mm-hmm. And he's dealing with a shoulder injury that he's, you know, should be fine from, but, um, I, I just, well, we'll see. Okay. All right. Come back to that in just a second. Today's a, today's a fun Friday. Cause it's an Indochino Friday. I love Indochino Fridays. I get to tell you how to get a great suit and why you need a great suit. And we get to save you hundreds of dollars on this great suit. Go to Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, and use our promo code FFT at checkout to get 50% off. Hundreds of dollars you're saving, plus free shipping. What you're going to do on Indochino.com is design a custom suit. You can choose from hundreds of top-quality top fabrics, personalize your suit just the way you want it, choose your customizations, lapels, pleats, jacket linings, much, much more. Submit your measurements, place your order, Wait for it to arrive in just a few weeks. And now that I have and I often wear my Indochino suit, I know why Indochino is the largest made-to-measure menswear brand in the world. They also have showrooms you can check out if you prefer. But but here's our offer. Again, any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at Indochino.com when you enter FFT at checkout. 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit, free shipping, Indochino.com promo code is FFT for any premium suit for 379 with free shipping. All right, back to the uh, the mid rounds here. So after after DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas, we start talking about Terrell Pryor, Devontae Adams. We're going to get to Michael Crabtree, Alshon Jeffries in this range. Uh, anybody in this group that you're sort of avoiding? Obviously Julian Edelman based on current ADP, but Alshon, it seems like you want to wait a little bit more, but you like Adams, you like Pryor ahead of Alshon, but do you find yourself drafting those guys, or do you think late round three, mid round four is is okay? You tell me. I, I'm fine with all of their ADPs. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, fair enough. <clears throat> so how about Crabtree? Crabtree's interesting. Uh, it seems to me my read on Crabtree is after after the guys who have been studs, in the past, like Demarius, like Hopkins, uh, or guys that we think, or Devontae Adams was a stud last year, or guys that we think could be a stud this year, like Terrell Pryor. Brandon Cooks has been a stud. Um, Michael Crabtree comes into play as sort of a safe option. Best word you could use for him. Obviously, it's my job to just poke holes in that. I don't necessarily believe this, but I guess my fear for Crabtree is if we hope and partially expect Amari Cooper to make the year three jump and break out. Could that really hurt Michael Crabtree? I don't think it can knock him out of the ranks of the number two right wide receivers. Like those two guys are getting 280 targets between the two of them, 270 targets between the two of them. And Cooper's already getting 130 of those. If Cooper makes a leap, it's in the red zone and maybe Crabtree's touchdowns go down a little bit, but I don't think he falls out of the 
the top 24 for sure. It, uh, I'll say the same thing that I said yesterday about Cooper. Just flip it. Give, yeah. give the targets between the 20s and in the 20s to Cooper that Crabtree gets and the numbers that Cooper gets to Crabtree targets to, to Crabtree. And you'll still end up with two tw- top 20 wide receivers with Cooper hopefully taking those numbers that potential, those targets, and doing a little bit more with them. By my math, if if you give Crabtree three less touchdowns last year, he's wide receiver 22. So that's basically where he's being drafted. Do you see any evidence of this happening? Have you read about anything that suggests that this could happen, that Amari Cooper could get those extra looks in the red zone and could be a bigger factor there? Well, That's what worries me. Jack Del Rio, you know, he, he went over his game plan for the season. And, you know, he kind of said, here's what we're going to do. Game one, we're going to do this. Game two, we're going to do this. I mean, the, the hope is that the better player, the more talented player, the player with the higher pedigree, not by much, but comes out and performs in that magical third season, does the things that he's hopefully capable of doing. I don't like that Cooper is banged up. I don't, is he going to play in their preseason game? Do we know? No one knows. He's been back at practice, so I don't know. Hopefully that means at least one of the next two preseason games we'll see Cooper play. That would certainly help things. I don't like – I like that Cooper's ceiling is sky high. I don't think Crabtree's ceiling is any better no. than under a 1,000 yards and seven, eight touchdowns. That's a ceiling. Well, I mean, he had a 1,000 last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I don't know about I think, But I, I think given everything else that Oakland's done this year, the chances of him getting four – Four figures in yardage goes down. All right, so are you going to take Crabtree or hmm, or, or Brandon Cook? Did I ask Cooks? I don't. Think I would I take did. Cooks. I would take Crabtree. See, this is where I, I I change my opinion. I think there's more upside with Cooks here, but Crabtree is definitely safer. Would you take Crabtree or Keenan Allen? Also, very interesting player going in this range. Keenan Allen coming off the injury. When he's healthy, he's good. But he also has a lot more competition for targets this year than I think he ever has. Uh, w- w- no, you don't agree, Heath? I don't know that I necessarily agree. I mean, yes, Tyrell Williams is there and Hunter Henry is there. Danny Woodhead is gone. Forgot about Gates. Well, Gates has always been there. Forgot about Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams, I, I don't think And your boy Brandon Oliver. <laughs> I don't know that Mike Williams is a thing that's actually going to make an impact on anyone this year. Can I make another cogent point on Michael Crabtree? Uh, just tell me who you'd rather have first. Cra- I'd rather have Allen, who Keenan apparently Allen is looking sensational. Yeah, he's, he's, again, doing what he's capable of doing. I asked, I asked a friend who impressive. I trust who follows the Saints, and the Saints and the Chargers have been doing a joint practice, and he says Keenan Allen looks phenomenal. Doesn't look like he suffered a knee injury at all last year. All right, so hold on. I'll get back to your Crabtree point, but let's stay on Keenan Allen. Would you rather have Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins to Marius Thomas? Allen's third for me in that group, but he's back to back with Thomas, and I could, I could see myself making that change. I like Allen's quarterback better, that's for sure. Okay, Guys. Allen's third for me in standard, right? In PPR, I think he's third for me in both. I've got him first. Jamie Keenan Allen, Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, back to back to back. Hopkins, Thomas. Oh Allen. wow. Okay, and where is, uh, where is Allen Robinson and all this behind them all, right? Well behind. He's behind them, all three of those guys, and Crabtree. Okay. Dave, like I'm taking Crabtree, and 
the safety net of 907 over Allen Robinson. Give me your Crabtree thoughts. He was top five in consistency last year. So kind of the anti-Brandon Cooks, the anti-Doug Baldwin. You weren't getting mega games out of him. I think he had one game with more than 15 fantasy points and two games with more than 13. But he was consistently around 10 fantasy points, which is really, really nice. So I think what I want to do now is sort of sum up this group of wide receivers. I haven't done a good enough job uh, illustrating their average draft position. We're going to go to Fantasy Pros, which has a whole bunch of websites, and and <clears throat> look at their ADP. Wide receivers 15 through 23. This is a group of nine. We've talked about just about all of them. And this is the order they're being taken, starting with the 37th pick uh, and going all the way to the 49th pick overall in, in average draft position. Terrell Pryor. Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson. We're going to say he's too high. Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, we haven't gotten to. Devontae Adams, Jarvis Landry, Tyreek Hill, and Michael Crabtree. Big group here. Terrell Pryor, Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins, Devontae Adams, Jarvis Landry, Tyreek Hill, and Michael Crabtree. Did I say any names there that you're just like, uh, no, I'm not investing a late third or fourth round pick on this guy? Landry for sure. For sure Landry. I'm I, as much as I like Hill, I'm the high guy here on Hill. I'm not taking him that early. No. I uh, I'll go late fourth on Hill. Really? Same. Wow. I, won't, I, won't, I won't even do that. I won't take Hill until round 6. So I will not be getting Oh, him. I thought there you said come. Oh, same thing I said. No, same he same said he'd take him late round 4. Same on Landry and Hill. I would not take them in this spot. So you all agree on Landry. Landry's too early in round 4. He's in PPR. When are you taking Jarvis Landry? Well, the average draft position gets pushed up a little bit for all these guys, so he's going to go. That's when I would consider him then, right? Late round four is a fine time. Yeah, he'll still be ninety plus catches. Okay, he's still Landry's still a number two wide receiver in PPR. Very borderline. I if he's my number two wide receiver, I better have two very good running backs. Why such a downgrade? I mean, I I don't know. I feel like when the first time we talked about this, we didn't think it was going to downgrade when Tannehill got hurt. We didn't think it was going to downgrade that much. In fact. If Matt Moore is the quarterback, he had very good numbers with Jarvis Landry, Matt Moore. Why such a downgrade for Landry? Land- Go ahead, Heath. Landry's targets weren't great in the second half of last year when they really decided to focus on running the ball. So that was one strike against him, but I wasn't like totally off. But if you think that j- the Dolphins, which they should, really want to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball with the Jai, the targets are going down from the last two years. The other thing is this new development with Cutler. Jay Cutler doesn't want to dink and dunk like Ryan Tannehill does. Right. Jay Cutler's not a wuss. I wouldn't have <laughs> said it that way. Like, he might be a cigarette-smoking, gun-slinging, don't-give-a-hoot-nanny about a lot of things. But I think when it comes to throwing the football, he's got a lot more farve in him than Alex Smith. Can we say that about Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore? I don't know. Alex Smith is a guy that's throwing the ball down the field with a lot of He did do it one time. Ryan Tannehill <laughs> is Alex Smith. Yes. Okay, I get it. So how about Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins going after Alshon Jeffrey, after Allen Robinson, after Keenan Allen. Robinson's ADP is going to fall. Sammy Watkins, it's probably still falling. I don't know, you know, because this this data is from months now, and or I don't know how long, but certainly his time as a bill is included. He's the number nineteen wide receiver off the board, going right ahead of Devontae Adams, first of all. But how do you feel about how do you feel about Watkins, forty seventh overall? Don't like it. Too soon. I, I think that's fine. The end of the fourth round, 
Right, because you're, you're going to start deciding between do you want to take Tyreek Hill? So, you know, Heath maybe would. David Jamie obviously Watkins wouldn't. Over Hill. Do you want to take uh, Martavis Bryant? Like, we're kind of running out of big upside players, and I don't. Does Sammy Watkins still have big upside? Yes. Not as big as it was. Well, obviously not as big, not as, as, big it was. as it was. I don't know that there's a huge difference. And there is, in my ranking, nine spots. There's a bigger difference, it sounds like, in ADP and in Dave and Jamie's rankings between Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins. Right, I understand your point. They're both huge upside wide receivers that are by far and away the best receiver on their own team with a very big question mark at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good point. Would you guys rather have Sammy Watkins or Allen Robinson? Robinson. Robinson. I still have Robinson ahead of him, but at their ADP, probably Watkins. I'll give you one big difference between Hopkins and, and Watkins. And what you just said hit me because I've got Wa- Hopkins rather higher than anybody here. Their divisions are entirely different. And you look at the competition that Hopkins will go against. Versus the competition that Watkins is going to go against. That's he's, true. He's got the Seahawks twice. He's got the Cardinals twice. Uh, he's got the 49ers twice. That might end up being a good thing for him. But Hopkins doesn't have that same type of issue. Well, and I kind of like the Texas got quarterbacks the two better. Best young corners in the game, right? They have well, good corners. Well, if they're on the field. <laughs> but the, the you know the Colts, the Colts and the Titans will not scare you away from Hopkins. His quarterback might. And the loss of Fuller, I think, is very big for him. Good in yeah. a good way, in a good way, good way, target way. But Devontae and Adams, loss should, of is very good for him. Devontae Adams is going too late. He's going 47th overall. He's a 20th wide receiver off the board. Yep, that's disrespectful. Okay, don't disrespect Devontae. So then Michael Crabtree is the 23rd wide receiver off the board, 49th overall. I hadn't seen him go that late, but that's that's good value. I'd love to take Crabtree there. Yep, <clears throat> that that's brings us to uh, to wide receiver 24 and beyond. Julian Edelman, Kelvin Benjamin, Martavis Bryant, Golden Tate, and Emmanuel Sanders are the next five off the board. They're all about round five in a 12-team league getting into early round six. Julian Edelman, Kelvin Benjamin, Martavis Bryant, Golden Tate, and Emmanuel Sanders. One more time, Edelman, Kelvin, Martavis, Tate, Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders. Your thoughts on that group, round five, early round six? Disrespectful for Golden Tate too. Yeah, I would if that was the real ADP in the drafts that we do, I would have Golden Tate on every single team that Me I too. He's his numbers from week six on last year were so impressive when the Lions finally realized that he's their best receiver. From week six on, you say? Yes. Scored four of his touchdowns in those final uh, eleven games. Seventy four catches, nine hundred and forty three yards and four yeah. touchdowns. Pretty good. Uh, he'll I see go, 88 fantasy points. He'll go higher than that in 10 in, games. In, uh, so 8.8 per game in non-PPR. That is a point higher than his average. I think it, it's 11 games. I believe only one game over that stretch with less than six catches. Well, something crazy happened to him. Do you remember this time last year he looked like a bucket of used shrimp? I think <laughs> it was what happens in every training camp and preseason is new guy comes along and gets featured a lot in practice. And in preseason. I feel like he, got, he was banged up. Maybe. And there was also the narrative. Remember. Oh, the, the average year, was much better than 8.8. The year before, when Calvin was dealing with the ankle injury, and Golden Tate had those moments where he was just electric in those games. And so then Calvin retires, and Jim Bob Cooter, who took over as the offense coordinator, said, we're tearing up the playbook that he used in the second half of the season. 
And then they sign Marvin Jones and they bring in Anquan Bolden. And I think it's, again, trying to get these new guys acclimated because Stafford didn't have a rapport with them. It, it matriculated into the beginning part of the season. And then all of a sudden you get, okay, Marvin Jones, great game against Packers. Congratulations. Okay. So, so let me interrupt you and just go back to the other guys here. Good value or bad value? Julian Edelman, round five, wide receiver 24. Good in PPR. Uh, bad all the way around. Bad, bad, bad. Kelvin Benjamin, 62nd overall, uh, wide receiver 25. Cool. Little too soon, but, uh, certainly has the potential to destroy this. A little too soon. Martavis Bryant, wide receiver 26, right after Kelvin Benjamin, 63rd overall. Immense value. Love it. Just right. Love it. Round, beginning of round six. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, like, what I tr- take him late round five. What I'm trying to do, because I've, I've recognized through the first half of this podcast that basically every round value you've said, I have these guys ranked higher, so I'm just looking at where they are for receivers. I've got Martavis as the 25th receiver, but I've got him at 48 overall. All right, fair enough. So. And then Golden Tate is great value at 64th overall, and Emmanuel Sanders, 65th overall. One kind of interesting thing, guys, is that 2014 and 2015, Demarius Thomas was one of the best, uh, most targeted receivers in the red zone and inside the 10, and Emmanuel Sanders really wasn't. They get a new quarterback last year, and they had the same exact numbers in the red zone and inside the 10, same amount of targets, and both had a lot. I don't know if that's going to be a trend, but that helps. I think Emmanuel Sanders had more touchdowns than Demarius last year. One more, maybe. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I never draft Sanders. Wide receiver 28, it starts to get a little bit interesting. We're talking 65th overall. Your thoughts on Sanders there? I like him a little bit lower than that, but I, I certainly see the potential. Again, it's total stats versus week-to-week stats, and his total stats were good. His week-to-week stats were terrible. Um, I, I mean, you know, he said as much going into – the post Peyton era that his numbers are not going to be as good, and that kind of played itself out. Yeah, I've, I've got him 31st amongst wide receivers, but exactly 65th overall. So, okay, Sanders is going 28th amongst wide receivers and 65th overall. That's Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I did t- tell you guys about uh, the commissioner product. I just want to tell you again, it's free to sign up if you go to cbssports.com/fantasy. The best place to play. Very easy to use, and you get great analysis from Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Great columns, uh, start and sit, cheat sheet, trade, uh, trade chart, just great stuff. You're going to feel like a GM with uh, player contracts and trading draft picks if you want to do a dynasty league. We're really making our product a lot better for dynasty owners. So just check it out. Free to sign up. CBS Sports Commissioner Leagues. I, I love playing on CBS. I know I'm biased. But if you haven't tried it, you will love it. And I've gotten a lot of feedback on Twitter. You're right. It's great. I love it. So please, uh, our commissioner product is just it's the best okay let's go to late round six now brandon marshall larry fitzgerald stefan diggs 29 30 and 31 brandon marshall larry fitzgerald and stefan diggs fitzgerald and diggs are clearly going to have more value in ppr marshall will probably have more value in standard but it's marshall fitzgerald and diggs 29 30 and 31 at wide receiver 69 through 72nd overall in adp even in a standard league, I love this value for Diggs and Fitzgerald, and I hate it for Marshall. That's how I feel. I've got him ranked Fitzgerald, Marshall, and Diggs. Still have Marshall ahead of Stefan. And what's your, I mean, I, uh, we know, but I think you should reiterate your disdain for Diggs. Uh, well, disdain is such a strong word. I just it's really can't stand his stinking lack of consistency. 
very boomer bustish. I believe it's seven games over the last, it might, seven or eight games over the last two seasons with double digits and fantasy points and 15 with five or fewer. I think he's a, he's a great player in a, in an offense that won't properly cater to him. And it just, I feel like he disappears to me because of injury or whatever. Bradford. <laughs> well, Bradford's a big part of it. Yeah, he's never thrown more than 21 touchdown passes in a season. I think that's And he just had a issue. career year, Sam Bradford did. Right, he threw 20 and 15 games. He's a very volume-based receiver without a lot of touchdown potential. I think he's a poor man's Golden Tate. I, I've heard Heath make this comparison before. Is there really much difference between what Diggs was on pace for last year and what Jarvis Landry can give you? Well, what Diggs was on pace for is what he ended up with. Well, no, because he missed three games. Yeah, he so played if he projected games. over 16 games is what he would have finished with. Well, that's why I always think that Landry's a little overrated. But I also think that Landry, for some stinking reason, like it doesn't make sense that he never gets any touchdowns, but now the quarterback change does change things. But Diggs, look, Diggs is a PPR guy. I, Dave, everything you're saying kind of applies to standard. And it applies to PPR too, but in PPR he does seem to have a higher floor. He caught 84 passes in 13 games. Oh yeah. I mean, he averaged 7.9 fantasy points per game in a non-PPR format and 14.4 right. in full point PPR. So not quite twice as good, but almost. I, I think. That's good. It I, tells I, I me know, he's going to get six, seven catches. I know Heath, you're, you're higher on, on Diggs than I am. I'm higher on him than Davis. I think he's a, more of a number three in standard. But right. he's on the cusp. He, he, I could see him finishing 20 to 30. Right. Like that's the range for me. So I have him kind of right in the middle of that. PPR though, it's hard to overlook him as a top 24 option. There's no and, way you're, I'm sorry, Jamie. There's no way that Diggs is going to be the 31st wide receiver off the board in PPR. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, in, this in, is in sta- I'm not value. saying he's going to be drafted that way. I'm saying the way I see him finishing. Sure. Yeah. Between I agree. 20 and 30 in, in standard leagues. For PPR though, like I, I was a little reluctant to buy in also because of the lack of touchdown potential. But you just have to look at what this offense is. It's not going to support guys going down the field. It's going to be the short area, which is why Kyle Rudolph wins, which is why um, Diggs wins. And then occasionally you'll have these games from Thielen where he'll get a big play because he breaks a tackle because he's in single coverage. So Diggs, I think, is, you know, it's it's not a guy I think you, you target in standard leagues. But where he's going what his potential could be if he does have that three or four touchdown leap, which would be a surprise. But if he does, he could be a top 15 guy. And, and again, I, I think I said this on yesterday's podcast possibly, but his rookie year, he had 84 targets and scored four touchdowns. So that's the type of pace that would get. Different, I don't think it's quarterback though. What's that? That's true. Yeah. I don't think it's unrealistic to think he gets six this year. Alright, Larry Fitzgerald's also going in this range. He won't in PPR. He'll go earlier in PPR. He's got two straight seasons with a hundred catches. Fitzgerald was 17th in standard, 11th in PPR last year. He was top 10 in both formats in 2015. If you get him as the number 30 wide receiver, and look, John Brown's hurt. So, and- He's undervalued again. Yeah, I mean, I hate Fitzgerald for fantasy, cause it's like, I, sell high. The last two years, he's been dreadful in the last six or seven weeks. Dreadful. Even in PPR. But maybe he gives you something early in the season again, and you, you know, 70th overall, even for someone like me who hates Fitzgerald, can't really argue with that value. So now it gets even more fun. We got better wide receivers coming up, which is why I'm avoiding that group based on ADP. And I'm going right for wide receivers 32, 33, and uh, a few more after that. I guess I oversold it a little bit, just got excited about the first two. But we're in the 80s and ADP. We're at 32 wide receivers. Willie Sneed. 
Jamison Crowder, Dante Moncrief, Deshaun Jackson, Eric Decker, Eric Decker, Randall Cobb. It, None of those guys are outscoring Larry Fitzgerald. Oh. Oh, I'll take the over on Sneed and Crowder doing it. Me too. Especially in standard. Like, Fitzgerald could fall off a cliff. He, he's, he's at the age where he could just have a terrible season. Well, it, more so if Palmer gets hurt. Oh yeah, that'd be bad. Uh, well yeah, but Jamison Crowder wouldn't be very good if Cousins gets hurt. Oh, don't discount Colt McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> All these guys are at the mercy. Who's of more likely to get hurt though? The 35 year old quarterback who's, who's been hurt, who's been, <laughs> who's been hurt or Kirky Cousins. But it does help Kirky. Larry that all the other receivers in Arizona seem to be um, collapsing. Yeah. Is that too harsh of a word? Yeah. They seem to be not playing very well these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going to look very good next to a Hall of Famer. All right. So, look, when I draft receivers, we're talking about my number three, maybe my number four receiver at this point. Obviously, we're talking about overall number three receivers and then into 37, 38 where we start talking about number fours. I think a lot of people are going to be drafting for upside. That's what I do at this point. Um, I'm not taking Randall Cobb. Dante Moncrief seems to be a, a faller, as you guys laid out. I, I think there, I think there are guys that are being drafted later that I like a little better. Devontae Parker is probably going way too late. 116th overall is ridiculous. But let's okay. Let's just take a look at this big old group, 80 and beyond. Sneed, Crowder, Moncrief, Deshaun Jackson. Eric Decker, Randall Cobb, Pierre Garçon, Cameron Meredith, who had, I think, five of six games with eight or more targets, double-digit fantasy points. Jeremy Macklin already laid out the case for him. Devontae Parker, now we're 41 wide receivers in, and then it starts to, then it starts to get, oh, Tyrell Williams, 45th overall, my goodness. I know. Um, there are some exciting wide receivers here. I know we like Sneed and Crowder, but after Sneed and Crowder, who are your favorites? Moncrief, Deshaun, Decker, Cobb, Pierre Garçon, Cameron Meredith, Macklin, Devontae Parker, Corey Davis. Deshaun and Standard, Garçon and PPR. What's the list again? Look, there's no <laughs> way I'm taking Pierre Garçon <laughs> over the list. The list is Moncrief, Deshaun. I know it's a lot. Moncrief, Deshaun Jackson, Eric Decker, Randall Cobb, Pierre Garçon, Cameron Meredith, Jeremy Macklin, Devontae Parker, and Corey Davis. There's no way you're taking Garcon over who? Over almost all of these guys. Like I, I'm not. Why? I'm. Not, I get it in PPR, but you guys said. tried. Not you, Heath. Dave and Jamie. I don't. Maybe it was just one of you tried to sell me on Torrey Smith when he came over to the 49ers, and I said no, thank you. I don't want the number one wide receiver on the 49ers ever. They're the worst. I would like take Jerry Rice was bad. Yeah, I hate Jerry Jerry Rice, the most overrated player in football history. No, that's a joke. Um, I'll take Cameron Meredith. I'll take Jeremy Macklin. I'll take Devontae Parker. All three of those guys over Pierre Garçon. Bring it! I'll take Parker over Pierre Garçon, too. So basically you just said, I don't want the San Francisco number one wide receiver because his quarterback's too bad. Give me the guy with Mike Glennon and Ryan Mallett throwing it to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Cameron Meredith. But Cameron Meredith was really good last year. He was very good last year, and he's kind Pierre of the guy which was, was at the top. No, Pierre, Pierre Garçon was pretty good last year. Surprisingly yeah. good, but he's like he outscored Cameron. He was better than Cameron Meredith. He's a year. he's a PPR. I might take Garcon and PPR over Meredith. Uh, but he was horribly inconsistent, like one of the most inconsistent receivers last year. But I think he's got a chance to improve. He's now the number one guy for whatever it's worth in an offense that's going to play from behind again. 
difficult division. He's got it worse than Sammy Watkins will ever. Uh, you know, we every time with these number one receivers on San Francisco, we get excited for like two games and they do nothing. I forget the scrubs that it's been over the last couple of years, but you know those slot guys. Who, who, you know, oh, give me some names. Who was it? Jeremy that? Curley. Jeremy Curley. Thank you. It just—it's always someone. Pick them up now. They're all terrible. I'm tired of it. So I'll take—I'll <laughs> certainly take Parker. I guess we all agree on that. Well, do we all agree on that? No, Heath, you don't. Um, Parker over Garcon. Yeah, I don't you, think anybody agrees on that. You've talked me into it. What do you oh, think? I will—I will take Parker over Garcon in standard. I'll take Garcon over Parker. In right. That's the difference. He's like Stefan Diggs. I don't see much upside Julian with uh, with Garcon. I guess that. How do you guys feel about Deshaun Jackson? I think he's very interesting. I like him a lot. I think he's undervalued. Uh, I don't think anybody else does. Jackson is going to be good at times and frustrating at others, and he's never been in an offense where he's been the number two guy. How many weeks this year will he outscore Mike Evans? Oh, well, they'll probably be three or four. Right. But that's it. And those will probably be the times when he's good but for that, fantasy. But that could be where they both stink, though, which is not necessarily a good thing. My thing is, like, he was right. – well, yeah. he's the same age as Brandon Marshall. He was a lot better than Brandon Marshall. Right. And but, they're both doing the same thing. But the thing is, though – Except that Marshall has Sterling Shepard, who's also better than him. Potentially. But Marsh, Marshall can win with his size. Deshaun has to win with his speed. And if that – Loses a half a step at any point, he's going to have a real, real quick downturn. The target share for him is going to be a little bit different. But Marshall may have already had his real, oh, real. You, you, like I'm, he, I'm he not disagreeing with you on Marshall. Year. Marshall could could easily have been last year could have been the end of it for him. But they're both in similar situations. To your point, Heath, they're both going from being alpha dog to second option. They're both going to have to learn new quarterbacks. They're both a year older. They're both in different divisions. But I, I think the difference for me is, like, I, I, Jackson will probably have more, will have bigger weeks than Marshall, but Marshall will probably score more touchdowns than him. And I think that's where he's going to win if you're comparing the two. I'm also a little concerned about Deshaun staying healthy. If both these guys are going to sit on my bench and one of them is going to be a potential bi-week receiver or even a number three option, I think Marshall fits that bill better. There's a lot of potential in this group, though. A lot of good fantasy players, a lot of, a lot of good wide receivers that could break out. Um, we're 40 wide receivers in. Devontae Parker's 41. Corey Davis is 42. To end the show, about three minutes left or so, guys, I'm going to tell you a name, and you tell me if you want them as a late-round pick. One of them is just going to be super obvious. Well, that's the third one, I'll say. But uh, let's start with—well, let's start with Corey Davis, actually. Corey Davis for Tennessee. Do you want him as a late-round pick? Definitely. Yes. Late-round, sure. You want him as an eighth-round pick? No, no, that's not late. No, no, but I, I guess I've been reaching for Corey Davis. I maybe I shouldn't. Um, <clears throat> Rashard Matthews. No, don't don't mind speculating with a very late pick on Matthews, like twelfth, thirteenth. That, that's a yeah. good uh, Azer strategy for you there, Adam. Mm, I don't know because Decker's I don't in know. there too. I, Decker, Matthew, Decker, and Decker. I think is safer. Decker no, and Davis I, would be the. I think Matthews better. wins if Davis's hamstring injury. Lingers into the season. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, but I, I don't trust more than one wide receiver on that team. Like, if Decker's there, I don't really trust Brashard Matthews. Well, and I, I've not yet seen evidence that Decker is, didn't lose a step himself. That's why I like Corey Davis. That's why I think people might be sleeping on him. Cause we're just assuming Decker's gonna be who he is. And he might be. I mean, he might be a beast in the red zone. Anyway, I had Davis ahead of Decker until this injury. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey Coleman. Yes. Yes. No. Tyrell Williams is not a late-round pick. He should not be the 45th wide receiver off the board. He might be the best receiver in the National Football League. Uh, he, well, he's not the 45th best. I'll tell you that. He's better than I'll that. I'll take Tyrell over Cameron Meredith. Me too. I've got Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Tyrell, Tyrell Williams. Williams. Tyrell Williams had a big it's how that year. Works, but I, I really like the talent and the opportunity. I'll take Meredith just because of opportunity, but Tyrell Williams is a better player. If, Ty- if Keenan Allen gets hurt, Tyrell Williams is going to be the steal of drafts. We can't finish this wide receiver preview without mentioning Mike Wallace, can we? Mike Wallace is coming up. <laughs> Kenny Britt, John yeah. Brown. No. Oh, I'd take Brown over Britt. Even if you're just stashing John Brown and, and hoping he gets healthy in three weeks or something like that, he might play in week one. Who, like, you can't – that's that's the difference in philosophy for me. Like, there's no way I'm taking Kenny Britt, who's never had a big year, who's playing for He just had the, a thousand-yard season. He's not, he's, he's not that Last good. Year. John Brown had the rare seventh-year breakout. John Brown was a top – was like 22nd wide receiver in fantasy two years ago. He plays yeah. for the Cardinals, not the Browns. You don't need him to start week one. There's I'm never taking Kenny Britt over John Brown. I understand. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh Adam Thielen, Jordan Matthews, Mike Wallace. Yeah. Marvin Jones. Thank you. Sterling Shepard, John Ross, Ted Ginn. Anyone exciting here? Shepard. Yeah. Um Ginn, Ginn could be. I'll see what happens with John Ross. He was a top ten pick him. in the draft. These guys are, only got four, when are you gonna feel comfortable receivers starting in front of him? When, when am I going to feel comfortable starting John Ross? I don't know. I want to see what happens. I, he could be the second best wide receiver on the team. Probably. I would is. say you're going to feel comfortable after you've dropped him, and then he's had a big week on the waiver wire, and, and then, then you'll chase that yes. big week. That's and totally he's possible. Get two for That's yards. what happens with late round picks, but maybe you get surprised. Zay Jones. I think Zay Jones got a lot of targets uh, yesterday. I think. Very I, excited about him. I'm starting to get that feeling about Zay. He may be the best rookie wide receiver this year. Zay is also not his real first name. Did you know that? What no. is it? It's a nickname. What's his name? You have to take a guess. Uh, uh, Zayman. Zayman. Jose. Isaiah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Isaiah makes more sense than hey. Jose. Isaiah not Jones. John. <laughs> John. <laughs> why, do, why do you call him Zay John. if his name is John? Let me give you five or six more receivers. T- Taylor Gabriel, Cole Beasley, Tyler Lockett, Kevin White, J.J. Nelson, Josh Doxson. Yes, late round picks on all these guys. Sure. Who did your you favorites? say Robbie Anderson's name? No, I didn't. Who, yeah, he should go before all those guys. Did you say Kenny Galladay's name? No, I didn't. Gotcha. Did you say Cooper Cup? No, I Cooper didn't. Cooper Cup's name? No. Did you say Jordan Matthews' name? I did. Yeah. yeah. No, you shouldn't have. We yawned. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, t- I like Taylor. I've been taking Taylor Gabriel. JJ Nelson's interesting. I guess Jerron Brown has to be in this discussion too. And it have to be. And Robbie Anderson is now the 64th wide receiver off the board. Cooper Cup, 65. Kenny Galladay, 66. So there you go. That's it for the week. We'll come back on Monday. I'm, I'm, I love the position previews, but I'm ready to start doing some other stuff. I want to do a live draft on the air. I think we should do that next week. Uh, we're going to talk IDP on Tuesday, and we're definitely going to talk auction next week as well. So get excited. Everybody, please have a great weekend. For, for Dave, Jamie, and Heath, thank you so much for listening. I'm Adam. Podcast League. Bye. Bye.